All right. Well, it's time for us to get started. I know there are many, 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 many great things that have happened today. It's been a very peaceful day for me and my family. So I'm grateful for that. I'm very excited about this opportunity uh, to be able to study with you in regards to health this evening. And I want to treat this process like we're on a journey together. In other words, I, I don't want to come across as if I'm author am, am an, an authority on all things regarding health because I know that I'm not. However, I do want to share what I have found over time and I'm going to treat it like a discovery. Okay, so I'm going to share things from the Bible that I know. I'm going to read things some, from some books together. And then we're just going to build together. And I don't plan to stop doing these broadcasts even when we're not quarantined anymore, right? So I'm just going to keep sharing and keep sharing. And I'm going to treat it as if I know nothing and I'm just kind of keep building. And as we grow together, you know, we'll just grow together. And that's what I'm interested in, in doing, uh, especially as we are here near the close of Earth's history. And especially in these times, because in these times in which we live, there have been and are quite a few uh, life-changing events, right? So even with this, this situation, and I call it a situation because it's not just about the virus that's out there right now. It's about how the world is responding to these things. And just a few minutes ago, I don't know how I came across this, but apparently somebody wasn't wearing a mask and he was told to get off a bus and uh, the guy was that was telling him to get off the bus wasn't wearing a mask either. End up the cops end up getting called. And the 10, 10 guys, that's what the report said, 10 guys, it could be more or less based on the report, ended up taking this guy off the bus. And I thought to myself, what is going on with people? We're, we're, we're losing our minds because of fear. And somebody says, well, the fear is rightly placed. Hmm. I, I think to a, a large degree, brothers and sisters, we need to come up higher in our awareness and our understanding of how God has put this body together. We need to come up higher in our awareness of, of the free will that God has given each of us. And, you know, with free will comes responsibility. And that responsibility really can only be had. And I'm going to say this, and this is ultimately just dealing with the whole great controversy at large. Free will given to humanity is really only for persons who have been sanctified by God's Holy Spirit. When I say that, what I mean is when a wicked man like myself without the Spirit of God has free will, what will he do with his free will? He will inevitably cause destruction and chaos. He will inevitably, my friends, cause suffering with all those around. He will inevitably cause an economic collapse. He will inevitably not be faithful to his family. The, the corruption that is in humanity without salvation through Jesus Christ, that free will exercise without God's Holy Spirit only brings chaos. And what God is seeking to do, he's trying to help us understand that if we can observe the reality of our world around us and that world being run by persons and individuals and being lived in by persons and individuals who have forgotten God and who have forgotten his law, if we could just recognize that we cannot do this without God, I think it would be a revival of a true nature because really the gospel has to have its place in our hearts for us to learn how to treat people and for us to learn how to take care of our bodies, for us to learn how to take care in our society. And because we have lost this or because we don't understand that this probationary time that God has given humanity to practice, what they believe is best because that's what it is. Right now, God is giving everybody an opportunity to shoot your best shot. 
to live your best life now. And he's saying, if you can do this without me, prove it. If you can live a life outside of God's Holy Spirit, living in your heart and mind, go ahead and do it. He's giving everybody the chance to do it without him. And then when we recognize that we can't, my friends, that is when we will come to a place of repentance and we will leave every aspect of our lives at the feet of Jesus so that he can save us from the inside out. And so I, I say that, you know, and I was looking at this thing and I'm saying, I understand people are afraid of, of, of a virus. I understand their fear. But at the same time, we got to respect the liberty of individuals and the liberty of conscience of other persons who are not at the same level of, of whatever fear that might be. And, it's a, and I know it's a balance. I really do. But, the, you know, the only solution to this world's problems is us coming back to God. And when I say back to God, not by force, my, not by outward legislation, not by mere conformity to what is written in a book, but it is what God can do in the hearts of all of his children, in the hearts of all of the believers, where the new covenant relationship will be manifest, where he writes his law in our hearts. That's the prayer. That's the desire. Because if we don't have that, we're wasting time. If we don't have that, it's a bunch of nothingness that's going on. And so I, my prayer tonight is, as we're studying in regards to health, and we're looking to apply the principles of health in our lives, this, my job is simply to put information out so that you can go back and study. My job is to provoke thought. My job is to provoke you to say, you know what? Maybe he said was true. Maybe he said was not true. At least go back and look at it. Be a Berean. Be a student of the word of God. Don't just take information and say, oh, this is a conspiracy or, oh, this is happening here or there. Prove all things. Hold that which is good. And my friends, I tell you the truth. There's only going to be one subject that consumes all others at the end of the day. All subjects will find their place in one person. And that subject, that one study that will consume all, all of true believers' minds is Christ our righteousness. And when we begin to understand that in the aspects as it is demonstrated in our daily operations, we will have the change that God desires for us to have. So let's pray one more time before, we, or maybe I don't even know if we pray, but let's pray before we begin and ask God for his Holy Spirit as we begin to study and Again, we're studying. In other words, I'm not at, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to share, and by God's grace, we're going to grow together in our understanding of God's instruction for our lives. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Father, for not giving us what we deserve, but giving us what your dear son does. And as we are about to open our Bibles, as we're about to look at inspiration, we ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the only effectual teacher of truth. We ask this in Jesus' name, and we claim the merits of his holy and most precious blood. Amen. Amen. So let me, let me quickly share at least my screen for the moment here. And we are going to be dealing with my little acronym. And my acronym that, that I've that I wanted to put together for myself. It's called Dare to Be. Dare to Be. And today we're going to be looking at the D word. And the D word in our study today is diet. We're going to be looking at diet. But don't think I'm just going to be talking about food when I'm talking about diet. We're going to be talking about diet. Now, there is the physical component of diet, right? It's what we put into our bodies, what we are eating, what we are consuming in our systems. And especially in our time, when all these different ailments are in our presence, we need to know the principles that would allow for us to have a strong body so that we can have a strong mind, so that we can have strong spirits as we live in these final hours of Earth's history. So I'm going to be sharing some very simple principles with you. And these principles, some of you know, some of you don't know, but the issue is not knowing alone. The issue is practicing what we know. 
And so I'm going to be sharing some things with you. By God's grace, we will learn together and seek to apply these things. Now, as I was preparing for this and going over some of these principles, I thought to myself, man, I I really have like some of these things, I, they're in my mind, but they're not in the forefront of my mind. And they need to be in the forefront of my mind, especially in these last last days, especially in the time in which we live today. So here's a couple of quotes I want you to look at. Uh, the first one says, tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. Tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. That's where we get this, you know, the phrase, you are what you eat. Uh, that originates with this guy, a sovereign, who said, tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. Hippocrates says, let food be your medicine and medicine your food. Another person that I, I found their, their quote to be interesting was uh, Maxim Legacy, who said, keep your vitality. Now, that, that phrase vitality or vi vital, um, there's another phrase in another book called says that says the word vital force. It says, keep your vitality. A life without health is like a river without water. You like that? I like that. Keep your vitality. A life without health is like a river without water. And Ellen G. White says, our bodies are built up from the food we eat. So the question is, what are we putting into our bodies? What are we putting into our bodies? What are we doing to strengthen this vessel, this temple, so that that which is unclean, when it seeks to enter in, whether it be a virus, whether it be some sickness or disease, that our immune system and our bodies will be able to handle it in such a way that will keep us in good health, okay? That's the question. So I looked up a, a verse, and I want you to pay close attention to the verse, because this verse is a tell-all verse. It says in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. I'll read it again. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Well, that's interesting, right? So God has given them the blood for atonement for their souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the soul. Therefore, I said unto the children of Israel, no soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. So there it is. There's a text clearly stating that we are not to eat the blood of animals. Leviticus 17, 13 says, and whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. Now, I thought that was interesting that they would have to cover it with dust. Why are you covering it with dust? Well, you see, the life of the, the, life of the flesh is in the blood. So whatever is in the blood, if we don't cover it up, that which is in the blood is going to be putrefying or whatever. Death is going to be a part of Society. So what they're doing is just doing some sanitation. Cover it up with the dust. Verse 14. For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is the life thereof. Therefore said I unto the children of Israel, ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh. Why? For the life of all flesh is the blood thereof, whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. All right, so we have a clear biblical instruction that tells us that we are not to eat the, the blood of any animal. I don't care what animal it is. Um, it could be an unclean animal or a clean animal. The blood is not to be in the animal. Now, somebody might say, Brother Waller, that is an Old Testament text that tells us that we are not to eat the blood of animals. And I hear you. 
I understand where you're coming from, though that is misplaced, even if it were just an Old Testament text, it is a principle. However, I have a New Testament text for you. Go with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 15, the book of Acts, chapter 15. Now, I'm using this text for, yes, there is a negative here. Do not eat the blood of animals. However, I want to also highlight the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I'm going to point, bring that out in a moment. Verse 20 of Acts chapter 15, New Testament. It says, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols, which we agree with. We don't believe in worshiping idols and from fornication which we agree with. We don't believe in sleeping with people that we are not married to. And from things strangled, the reason why you don't eat things strangled, because there is this, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When, when you're excited and you're energized and you got to run for your life, uh, it'll come to me later. But you've, adrenaline, there's adrenaline that's released in the body when those animals are strangled and all that goes into the system and it's not good for consumption, right? But however, watch this. And from blood that is in the New Testament. So both in the Old and New Testament, we find that we are instructed to leave the eating of the blood of animals alone. That's either definitely unclean animals you don't eat the blood of, but of clean animals, you definitely do not eat the blood of those creatures as well. So if you're going to eat meat, it must be kosher meat. Period. Biblical sound doctrine. Okay. However, in this day, and as we continue to study, you're going to find that you want to leave that stuff alone altogether. Okay. So we've established that point. Now, there's something else I want to show you. There's something else I want to show you. And this is, and again, I'm going to share my screen here. I'm going to share my screen. And again, we're learning together. So this is from a book called Ministry of Healing, page 295, paragraph one. It says, our bodies are built up from the food we eat. There is a constant breaking down of the tissues of the body. Every movement of every organ involves waste. And this waste is repaired from our food. You guys see that? This waste is repaired from our food. Each organ of the body requires its share of nutrition. The brain must be supplied with its portion. The bones, muscles, and nerves demand theirs. Interesting. It is a wonderful process that transforms the food into blood and uses this blood to build up the very parts of the body. But this process is going on continually, supplying with life and strength each nerve, muscle, and tissue. You guys see that? So what we eat, what we consume, our bodies are built up on. So there's something that I, I need to tell you guys. <laughs> um, this is a confession. And don't worry, I've already repented and left it alone. But there's something that I have loved for a long time that if tempted, it, you know, there's a pull there. But however, I, by God's grace, have left it alone for a while. And one of those things is gummy bears. No, not just gummy bears. They're Sour Patch Kids. You guys know what Sour Patch Kids are? Anybody knows what that is? I love Sour Patch Kids. Now, just think about this for a moment. I want you to use your mental capacity as I'm explaining something to you as we're reading here. So our bodies are built upon what it feeds upon. So if you are feeding your body, like I used to, if I feed my body Sour Patch Kids, and they are so yummy and so tasty and so whatever sugar, whatever gelatin, whatever they got going on right there, if I'm feeding my body that, then what, it, what am I becoming? I'm becoming a, a Sour Patch Kid. That's essentially, <laughs> that's essentially what I'm becoming, right? You are what you eat. What you are consuming is what you're being made of. So imagine now there is a disease or there is a bug or there is a virus and that thing is coming into your system and you have built up for yourself 
gummy bears or sour patch kids or your favorite processed food and you're like look we're gonna fight against this and the body's like i have nothing to fight with i have no resources to pull from all i have to pull from is what god has put in your system already and as i draw vitality from your system to fight this virus literally i'm dying myself are you following the idea so in other words, what I want to be doing is putting into my body that which will strengthen me, that which will vitalize me. I don't know if I, I was talking to you guys a few times before, and I made mention of this idea of enzymes. And there's a book that I have been reading. You can see it here. Enzyme Nutrition is written by or was is written by a guy named Dr. Edward Howell. I think I've started reading this book. Um, I want to say, because I'm 41, I want to say I started reading this book when I was about 25 years old. The first time I found it was in the public library, and I just I was just curious about health. And I went in there and I started to read read about this idea of enzymes and enzymes in a very basic common man language, which I'm using, are these living. Uh, I, I want to say living, I don't want to call them organisms, but they're living, right? So when you eat an apple, you have these enzymes that, and these enzymes are in the apple because it's living. And you know, like, I actually have an apple here. I ate an apple earlier today. You guys see this? Can you see that? Can you see how it's all like brown and stuff? Right. So this is dead. This is dying. What kept this apple alive? The energy, all that stuff, you know, most of it's gone. The air is oxidized. It is going away. So the enzymes are, are out of this thing, but I ate it. So when I ate it, the living enzymes were in here, and those enzymes helped me digest my food. And your body is given when you were born, when you have life, when you first come into the scene, you're, you're given a limited amount of enzymes in your body. There, that's, there's those things that help you live. They give you vitality. Now, if you are eating... Um, let me see. I can show you something that is kind of dead. Well, if, let's just say here. Let me do this. Let me do this. I'm going to pull up a picture on my computer and see if this illustrates my point to you. If you are eating this, let me pull this up and give you a picture. And I'm going to put it on my screen. Let me put it over here. See if you can see this. Can you see that? Let me see if you can see it. On my screen right now, I moved over some. Uh, yep, you can see it. Bag of Doritos. Y'all see that? All right. So Doritos do not have enzymes. They are a processed food. They have no life in them. So let's just say for a moment you eat some Doritos, which, again, it's your choice. I'm not condemning you if you're eating Doritos. But let's say you eat some Doritos. If you eat the Doritos, because they don't have enzymes, your body has to use its own enzymes at a higher level to digest this food. It has to break it down. It has to use the, the extra, um, the extra uh, 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 acids or whatever not that you have in your body to help you break down what your what natural foods have in it already. So this book right here, check it out. Uh, let me just put it back on the screen so you guys can see what I'm talking about. So this book right here, Enzyme Nutrition, the food enzyme concept. You want to check it out. Find it in a bookstore. Read it. It's something that it would be highly beneficial to you to, to begin to understand. Living foods, foods in its most simple state. Those are the things that are going to help you be strong in the times in which we live, right? Learn, learn about enzymes. And again, I'm going to do a whole lecture on enzymes later on. But I just want to give you the general principle, right? Living foods have enzymes. Processed foods don't have enzymes. So you're going to have to use the enzymes in your body to digest processed foods, which means you're taking your own life to put life into your body, you know, making it complicated for yourself. So our bodies are built up on what we eat. Someone said, what's the name of the book? 
the name of the book again is here it is enzyme nutrition the food enzyme concept excellent book okay enzyme nutrition that's the book all right so keeping that in mind let me see here you're welcome all right so keeping that in mind i i just want to make sure that you and i are on the same page here because ultimately you know folks are going to think that the way that i'm going to be healthy is dependent upon somebody else giving me the right information like my job right now is to to provoke your mind to go think right but at the end of the day you are responsible for your health the doctor is not responsible for your health i mean the president's not responsible for your health mr fauci is not responsible for your health you know you are responsible for your health and so because you're responsible you have to educate yourself you have to put put yourself in a position where you are gaining knowledge and you are saying, I'm going to own this. It, don't, it doesn't mean you have to go to my missionary training school. You don't have to come here, you know, but you can, op like I said, get a book, open it up. I'm going to share several other books with you before I'm done here where you literally can begin to go and break stuff down for yourself. OK, because if you don't, my friends, somebody else is going to break it down for you and they're going to tell you. You got to go get this shot or you got to go do this. You got to go do that. And you're not you're just kind of following along. You're in, in the in the world of the the elite. We're the goyim, right? We're like the little sheeple people that like they just tell us what to do. And we just go do what they say. But we must be intelligent. We must be personally responsible for our health. All right, let's go back. I want to I want to keep going. I want to share my other screen with you here. So. Let's look at this. This is, uh, I want us to go to Genesis 129 before I read this. So let's go to Genesis 129 and notice what the Bible says. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth. And every tree and the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you, it shall be for meat. So here in Genesis 1:29, God is giving us the first, the original diet, right? This is the, this is the first meat God gave his children. It was not the flesh of animals. It was not the flesh of, in, or flesh of insects. It was not, none of that weird stuff folks be doing, okay? It is the the food of the plant that which had seed that which grew on trees that which grew from the ground god gave us as the original diet now notice this ministry of healing page 296 paragraph one again a powerful book um it comes in a different form i have here let me show you real quick let me, let me come out of here i'm going to show you again the purpose of, of my presentations on health is to share a journey with you. So this book is Health and Happiness. Um, you can find this is another name for Ministry of Healing. Okay, it's just another name for the same book. You want to have this book in your arsenal. It's one of it is I don't know I'm not going to say it's the best, but it's the best <laughs> principal book on health that you can have in your library. Okay, so in this book right here. Ministry Healing, let me share with you what it says. Powerful book. It says, grains, fruits, nuts, and vegetables constitute the diet chosen for us by our creator. So please note that this, this diet is not a fad. It is not a new age um thing it is not a a progressive adaptation it is a biblical godly principle that god has given to us from the very beginning before sin grains fruits nuts and vegetables somebody says well god gave us vegetables after sin <laughs> Okay, Genesis 3.18. I, I understand what you're saying. The reason why those were given is because the herbs are necessary to flesh out the toxins and stuff in our body. So, yes, we'll go with that. 
But it says grains, fruits, nuts, and vegetables constitute the diet chosen for us by our creator. These foods prepared, watch this now, how? Prepared in as simple and natural a manner as possible are the most healthful and nourishing. They impart a, what's it say? A strength, a power of endurance, and a vigor of intellect that are not afforded by a more complex and stimulating diet. So here's me. I'm, here's me doing research. Here's me studying. And I'm studying out loud with you. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Grains, fruits, nuts, and vegetables in their most simple state as possible. It says as possible, natural manner as possible, are the most healthful and nourishing. So it doesn't mean that you have to eat them all raw. That's not what it's saying. Because there's some vegetables and, and fruits or vegetables and roots and things like that, that only the nutrients only comes out when they are cooked. You know what I mean? So certain ones have certain certain things. Now, it says they impart a strength, a power of endurance and a vigor of intellect that are not afforded by a more complex and stimulating diet. So here are the principles. We're laying a, we're laying a foundation because it's this foundation that will help us build uh, these, these bodies that will help us resist whatever trauma and tribulations that are coming upon this world, okay? All right, so let's look a little bit further. Notice this. Here's some considerations you wanna take into mind or take into, take into account when you are looking at the food that you are going to be consuming. Number one, you need to look at the season. So. There are certain foods that are better in certain seasons than others, um, depending where you live. Like I remember I traveled to the Philippines. Awesome country. They have fruits over there that I've never seen before. OK, they have one that we call they call the stinky fruit. The durian. I think it's the durian. Um, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed eating it. The smell wasn't so nice, but it was it's a fruit that's in that region. It's in that it's in that climate. And I believe, brothers and sisters, as we study, there are certain foods given in certain regions because of the climate that should be eaten by those in that region. Does that make sense? So God, God has given us certain foods and we also we need to take those things into account. The climate we live in needs to be taken into account. Like where do we live? What is best for the area in which I live? There is no set diet for everybody. That's not how it works as far as what you put into your body. The principles are for everybody. How they are applied based on your constitution, your makeup, they are applied individually based on principle. The other thing is your occupation. So a person like myself, I think a lot. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm making sermons, I'm doing Bible studies, I'm doing things like that. So my diet needs to be less intense than a person that's doing physical labor, right? The person that's out there doing physical labor, they're working with their hands, they're building houses, they're laying concrete, they're, you know, they're physically getting it in eight to 10, 12 hours. Those persons need a different type of diet, right? They don't need the same thing that I'm eating. I need to be eating less. I need to be exercising more. They probably need to be thinking, you know, exercising their mental powers more, but your occupation dictates what you should be eating, okay? These are some considerations. And the considerations come with experience and sound judgment. Now, there's the reason why I'm laying, I'm laying these principles out, my friends, because there are some radical concepts out there. I mean, they're radical. You know, I remember one person telling me that you shouldn't eat salt. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Your body needs salt. Right. You need knowledge. You need knowledge. So experience and sound judgment. Sound judgment comes with knowledge. In fact, let me take you to a text. I want to take you to a text again, just to emphasize this principle. In second Peter, second Peter, uh, chapter one, go there with me. Second Peter, chapter one, second Peter, chapter one. And I want us to look at verse number, number two, I'm we'll start at verse two, and I'm going to read into the passage that I'm looking for. So in 2 Peter chapter 1, we're looking at verse number 2, beginning at verse 2. The Bible says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, 
according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust now watch this and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue what's it say knowledge and to knowledge what's it say temperance okay so you can't have temperance without knowledge and that's why i'm saying you need to get your books out you need to study you can watch the on youtube there's some wonderful documentaries and teachings in regards to health on youtube that you can find but you must become intelligent in regards to your health do not leave it to others okay so you have to have knowledge in order to have sound judgment when you're choosing what you are taking into your body what you are taking into your soul what you are taking into the the essence of who you are don't leave it to others all right let's go back to the screen watch this now all right so we're talking about the consideration so when you're looking at your diet what you, you should look at the seasons that you live in doc the climate that you live in the occupation the work that you do a sedentary lifestyle one who kind of sits around and studies and you're working in the office all day that person doesn't need to eat the same amount as a physical laborer okay can take that into consideration watch this also variety when you are eating when you're choosing the food that you're going to eat you need to have variety you know the color is the spice of life right so your reds your greens your yellows your your, your purples you know you can eat according to color i mean technically you can all right but right right now i just wanted to say you need to have variety however let me read something to you however when it comes to your meal like what you're eating i want to read this directly from the book here ministry of healing let's see if i can find it very quickly here yeah here it is it says da -da -da. there should not be a great variety at one meal okay so at one meal there should not be a great variety for this encourages overeating and causes indigestion so when we don't understand food combinations which we'll talk about in another study uh, when we don't understand food combination we'll, we'll eat things together because food is like science right it's like a it's like a a little science experiment and when you put it in your body in your body it needs to react in a certain way but if you put in stuff together that don't fit together then you probably end up with indigestion you end up with some type of other issues that present themselves so at a single meal you shouldn't have too much variety that's why potluck you know those of you who know about potluck sometimes you probably should just choose you know three things maybe you know what i'm saying like instead of the 25 different options <laughs> that they give you at that time because it causes sometimes overeating so try to try to have not too much variety at one meal second concept is you don't want to eat the same foods every day because your body needs different nutrients right so it needs different different foods have different nutrients for the different parts of your body the tissues the nerves the blood cells so forth and so on so I want you to keep that in mind as well. You need to have variety in what you eat, but not too much variety at one meal. So let me share the screen with you again. It should be shared with you here already. It says nut foods. So nut foods, almonds are preferable to peanuts, okay? But peanuts in limited quantities used in connection with grains are nourishing and digestible. Uh, the almond is the king, right? The, the, it's the king of all nuts. It has so many wonderful properties uh, in it. You definitely want to make sure you have, well, I think it's like five to seven almonds a day. It's, a, it's enough as far as your proteins are concerned. But I'm saying off the top of my head, don't quote me on that. 
However, almonds uh, are better than steaks, okay, as far as protein uh, and without the deleterious effects of having other foods. Now, peanuts, you do have to be careful how much of those you eat. That's why you're supposed to eat a, a smaller portion of those. Peanuts sometimes have aflatoxins, which causes uh, reactions. So you have to be careful with that. So just keep that in mind. So nut foods. And again, you can make a lot of different things with, with these peanuts and, and almonds and, and different things like that. And these are great substitutes for flesh foods uh, when properly prepared. Olives are a great replacement for butter and flesh foods. And I'm going to have some professionals on as we, we keep having these uh, Saturday afternoon meetings. Because there are some folks that know how to throw down with the stuff I'm telling you. You might be like, Brother Andre, I don't like olives. I like, I understand. You know, I don't like nuts. I understand. There are many varieties, much a plethora of foods that you can use to replace what you think you're going to miss with these flesh foods that are out there. So there's a couple of things you need to keep in mind. When you begin to adjust your diet, it's going to take some time. It doesn't just happen. Like you don't just wake up one day and be like, I'm just going to eat right. Okay. And, and just love it. It doesn't happen that way. It's going to take time and it's going to take perseverance. Okay. You're not just going to wake up and just be liking to do it most of the time. It's going to take effort. But I promise you this, that as you put in that time and as you put in the effort, your taste buds will adapt to the simplicity of the foods that you're going to begin to eat and your your mind and your awareness and your physical uh, specimen, you know, it's going to get all strong and vital. And when you do this, God honors your faithfulness. So it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take perseverance, but it's OK. I put the quotation up there from 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 uh, the person that invented, invented the light bulb, and it says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. <laughs> All right. So health, health growth and health reform is a progressive work. We don't just wake up one day and we got it all locked down. Our bodies are unique. They're unique to us. So it's okay to experiment a little bit and to, to figure out what's working, what's not working. And one of the things I was suggesting to, to a, a friend of mine the other day is, look, you can just begin with adjusting one meal. Adjust breakfast. Just figure out breakfast. Tweak breakfast till you got breakfast locked in. OK, I got breakfast just right. I know what I'm putting in my body. And if you can figure out seven breakfasts, then, then repeat those breakfasts. Right. So that way, you know what you're putting into your body. You know what you're you're building yourself up on. I've made a resolute decision myself, especially recently. Like, look, man, let's stop compromising. Let's let's put what is most beneficial into our bodies. When we do this spiritually, mentally, physically, we are at the top of our game. And when it when the Bible talks about the pestilence will come nigh, but it won't come nigh thee, thousands will fall at thy right hand. You can't claim that promise like that, my friends, if you're not cooperating with God in his instructions, right? So if he's given us an instruction, we need to cooperate with what he's put before us. It's a simple concept. It's a simple concept. So I, I want to put that before you. So that means you got a plan. We, we're so, we've so bought into this society, right? We've bought into the, how the system works. And you can see right now, based on how the system works, we stuck. Like literally, my friends, and, and let me let me take this off a of share screen. And just look at you in the face. Like literally, we are stuck right now because we we're so caught into how the global system works. When they say shut it down, what happens? We shut it down. If they say the store is open from this time to this time, then what happens? The store is open from this time to this time, and you stuck. You don't have your own. You don't have your own garden. You don't have a greenhouse. You, you, you don't you're you're we you are stuck in their system. So the mindset then should be, you know what? I need to make a plan. I need to organize how my food is going to be set up. I need to think ahead. I, I don't need to be thinking like right here myopically in this moment. I need to think broader. Like, how am I organizing my life? You know, those of us who are who are kind of like you can't go out to work. 
You have time. You have time now to sit down and say, you know what? Let me examine, let me do an inventory of what I'm doing with my personal health. What does my cupboard look like? What does my time look like? And you plan accordingly and you set that plan out there. And there are many ways you can go about to do it. And when we, in these sessions that we keep doing, I'm going to share some practical tips. Like you can actually have serving containers and prepack your meals for the whole week and have portions ready to go by yourself. You don't have to order Jenny Craig. You ain't got to order, you know, some of these other health, health stuff that people got going on. You can literally organize your life and organize your time. And it's actually very, very simple. We just got to decide to do it. You got to decide to do it. Because if you're not planning, somebody's planning for you, right? If you're not planning yourself, somebody is planning for you. They're planning your time. They're planning your health. They're telling you how you have to be vaccinated. They're telling you what you're supposed to be doing when we're supposed to be the head and not to tell. And this is, I'm talking about for the people of God. I'm not saying ignore what people are saying. I'm not saying ignore the government. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we should be the head and not the tell. We should be proactive and not just simply being reactive to what everybody else is doing. So when it comes to our health, I'm taking responsibility. I'm taking my life back. And I'm saying, this is my breakfast. Once you fix your breakfasts, all right, let me fix my lunches or my dinners. You know, I eat twice a day. I eat two meals a day. Some people eat three meals a day. I don't, I don't encourage anything more than three meals a day, friends. Okay. But if you are trying to make adjustments, start with one meal adjustment, then fix the second meal, then fix the third meal. And make a plan progressively and see how that is affecting your body. Don't give up. Don't give up. God has done. He's too good to us for us to be giving up on this body temple that he's given us. We are fearfully, the Bible says, and wonderfully and wonderfully made. All right, let's go a little bit further. Let me share my screen with you. Let me share my screen. So we need to make a plan. Need to make a plan. Next. And again, this is this is a learning process. So. When we're talking about making a plan, uh, we're talking about food preservation. And again, mind you, my friends, if you think about this, if you think about what I'm saying, um, this will help you with your finances as well as with your food. In other words, if you can think ahead and plan ahead and you have your garden in the back or you know where to get bulk, bulk purchases, and you can plan ahead and organize ahead and you know how to preserve your food with canning or drying. And I suggest that we start learning how to do those things. Um, I suggest it strongly um, because if you if you are, again, reliant upon the grocery store and they run out of your food or if you're you have your 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 uh, vegetables and fruits and you don't know how to preserve them, what are we doing? Right. And then you need to learn how to prepare your food. Listen, I'm going to say this right in the mic so everybody hears this real good. You have to make food taste good. Please don't think health reform is bad taste in food. That's not how it is. You can literally learn how to make food in such a way that it is enjoyable. And yes, your taste buds will have to adapt. They have to come off those strong stimulants of the artificial flavorings and things that you have had in your experience. However, as those adjustments are being made, the food still can taste good, okay? So we need to learn how to make food taste good and also what are the combinations? What foods go with what? What gives me the best optimal, optimal energy, all right, and the variety that is there? So we need to learn those things. It should not be left for someone else. And it should be carefully chosen and skillfully and intelligently prepared. This is not... Let me look. Let me let me say this. We are not going to leave our health to processed foods. We just can't. I know it's quick. I know it's easy. But you have to say, you know what? My temple that God is giving me, this body, which God has purchased with a price, is worth the time to put the best possible foods in the system. Now, somebody says to me, Andre, you're trying to work your way to heaven. Listen to me, friends. It has nothing to do with working our way to heaven. And whatever we eat, whatever we drink, and whatsoever we do, 
We do it to the glory of God. And I want to glorify God in my body with what I'm putting into it. And as I'm glorifying God in my body, then what's happening? God is allowed to manifest his glory in me. Now, does the does the vegetable give me access to heaven? No. Does the carrots give me? No. What does give me access? It's the blood of Jesus that I've accepted in my life. And because of that acceptance, now I can give honor to him in the choices that I'm making with this body temple. But I want to take you. I want to take you to another space on this. I want to take you to another space on this. What about what about let me see here. I'm going to pass that. I'm going to pass that. I want to read this. Watch this. The brain is the organ and instrument of the mind. Let me read that again. The brain is the organ and instrument of the mind and controls the whole body. What controls the whole body? The brain. Well, the mind controls the brain and the brain controls the whole body. Watch this. In order for the other parts of the system to be healthy, the brain must be healthy. And in order for the brain to be healthy, the blood must be pure. If by correct habits of eating and drinking, the blood is kept pure, the brain will be properly nourished. Now, I want to take this quotation that I read to you here, and I want to take you back to the very first one. The very first one that I share with you. Watch this. Let me go back here. Look at the very, well, I don't know if it's the very first one, but it's one of the first ones. Look at this quote again. See this one? Our bodies are built up from the food we eat. There is a constant breaking down of the tissues of the body. Every movement of every organ involves waste, and this waste is repaired from our food. Each organ of the body requires its share of nutrition. The brain must be supplied with its portion. So I'm, re I'm reading that, right? I'm reading that, and I'm saying, wait. The brain, every organ involves waste. And its waste is repaired from our food. And then the last quote I read to you, and I'll jump here. The last quote I read to you, and it just said this. The brain is the organ and instrument of the mind and controls the whole body. In order for other parts of the system to be healthy, the brain must be healthy. And in order for the brain to be healthy, the blood must be pure. If by the correct habits of eating and drinking, the blood is kept pure, the brain will be properly nourished. So simple thought. In order for my brain to be kept pure so that my mind can control my brain and my brain controls my body. In order for that to be kept pure, I have to put the best foods in. I have to drink the best possible water. Because if I can have my brain and my body pure, watch this next part, brothers and sisters. Watch this. Every organ of the body was made to be servant to the mind. The brain is the capital of the body. The seat of all the nervous forces and of mental action. The nerves proceeding from the brain control the body by the brain nerves mental impressions are conveyed to all the nerves of the body as by telegraph wires and they control the vital action of every part of the system watch this all the organs of motion are governed by the communication they receive from the brain. Whatever disturbs the circulation of the electric currents in the nervous system lessens the strength of the vital powers. Brothers and sisters, let me let me share, let me share this with you. I was reading, I was reading something 
and I was not trying to do this on purpose. I came across this article and let me share this. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Here it is. Nope. Nope. Where is it? Yeah, here it is. Here it is. You see this article? This article right here says, it's true. You are what you eat. Now, this article was taken from Inc.com, which is like a business. It's like a business magazine, right? This is not a health magazine. It's a business magazine. In this business magazine, it says, is it true? You are what you eat. A healthy diet is an important part of being a good leader. Mercy. Just how important you might be surprised. Now, this is an article about business. Okay? Watch what it says. It says, for entrepreneurs, eating isn't just about satisfying hunger. So say the growing ranks of nutrition experts who specialize in fine-tuning the, the metabolic performance of business leaders. You're like an athlete in the workplace, says Richard Chavitz, Chavitz of uh, CEO of the ComPsych, a Chicago-based provider of corporate wellness and employee assistance programs. So you should eat like an athlete. This is what, this is what they're saying. At the very least, that means lots of lean protein, fruits and vegetables, and complex carbohydrates, no processed foods, and minimal white flour and sugar. But when you spend all day confronting challenging mental tasks, the brain's nutritional demands are greater. What? Listen, I'm reading this out of a business magazine that's talking about health for business leaders. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And they're just talking about the mental development, the mental growth. Watch this. Then it goes on. It says, for example, have you ever worked so hard that it felt as, as though your brain were on fire? It sort of was, says Patty Milligan, director of nutrition at Tinnum, a consultancy that helps businesses boost employee performance through holistic wellness programs. You produce lots of oxidants in the brain when you're working, she says. Foods that are high in antioxidants, berries, beans, apples, tea, act like flame retardants. So what did she just say? Literally, she just said, eat fruits and berries. They're antioxidants because your brain has oxidants, which means they're toxins of some sort. And that you need to have these antioxidants so that your brain can function at a high level. That's in a business magazine, my friends. And people get mad when we read from these other books and we're reading from the Bible. But my friends, the, the world sees this. Notice what else it says. And don't forget water. <laughs> the brain is 70 to 80 percent water, Milligan says. When it's metabolic active, I'm sorry, when it's metabolically active 10 to 12 hours a day, removing metabolic waste from the brain requires optimal hydration she suggests she, should, she suggests super hydrating with two cups at the beginning of the day avoiding dehydrators like processed sugary foods high doses of caffeine and soda and watch out for brain fog which can be evidence that you need to hydrate speaking of caffeine coffee depletes serotonin which contributes to a sense of well-being, says Barbara Mendez, a New York City nutrition consultant who works with many business clients. If you have it on an empty stomach, that quickly that quick delivery to the bloodstream leads to more anxiety and stress. Brothers and sisters, do you see it? Even the world sees that diet has an impact directly on the mind. Diet has an impact on the body. And the world says, if you want to operate at a high level to run a business, you need to have a diet after Genesis 129. Are you seeing that, my friends? But even more importantly, I want to take you back to something else. Even more importantly, my friends. Even more importantly. Let me see here. Let me show you this. Even more importantly, there's a spiritual diet. Now, in the, in the very real sense, right, in the very real sense, I am what I eat. I am what I put into my body. In a very real sense, my mental diet is the same thing. You are what you think about.
The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is, so is he. Mentally, what are you thinking about? What are, you, what are your thoughts on? What are you doing to increase your mental capacity? How are you strengthening your mind? Are you memorizing Bible verses? Are you memorizing the word of God? Are you contemplating heavenly things and spiritual things? You see, your mental diet is just as important as your physical diet and just as important as your spiritual diet. Spiritual diet? Are you spending time in prayer, brothers and sisters? Are you spending time in communion with the Most High? I wanted to get a picture of the sanctuary up, and I didn't have time to put it into this. But, you know, if you have the picture of the sanctuary, you have the outer court. In the outer court, there's what you call the altar of sacrifice, and then you have the laver. And then inside the sanctuary, you have the holy place. And in the holy place, you have the candlesticks. You have the table of shoe bread and you have the altar of incense. Of course, the table of shoe bread represents the word of God. The altar of incense represents prayers and the candlesticks represents the witnessing and power of the Holy Spirit. Right. So in my in my in my limited knowledge of of God, because it is limited. These three areas, Bible study, prayer and witnessing are spirit It's a spiritual diet. Now, if you're if you're lacking in any of these areas spiritually you need to consider you need to consider what you are doing what you are feeding upon especially in these times my friends you need to be careful what sermons you're listening to what who are you listening to what what are they telling you how are they preparing you to see jesus what are they doing to prepare you to see jesus without seeing death what are they doing to prepare you to stand faithful to god in this world where everybody seems confused where fear is the new pill of the day what what are you doing what are you listening to what music are you listening to what are you feeding your soul your spiritual diet so there to be, there to be, that first one is diet. Diet physically, diet mentally, diet spiritually. What are you feeding yourself? I, I want to finish off Third John. Third John. Verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. And be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. You see that? As, it's as if the proportion of health and soul prosperity are together. They go together. They're best friends. I want to encourage you this week, those of you who are on my on the webinar, those of you who are listening on Facebook, I want to encourage you this week, just make an attempt to look at and do an inventory of what you are putting into your body physically. Do an inventory of what you're putting into your mind mentally. Do an inventory of what you are putting into your mind spiritually and begin by God's Holy Spirit to make the adjustments necessary so that you and I can live in the sight of a holy God without offending him in any way, shape, or form. That you and I can live in the sight of a holy God. And I'm saying you and I, because I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And I'm quite sure that many of you are not where you're supposed to be. And we need to come up higher. And God has given us provision. So it's time for us to use our intellect, to open our Bibles, to use good science, and say, Father, show me how to to reflect you in every aspect of my life, body, mind, and soul, that we can grow harmoniously together in God. My friends, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, I have presented a challenge to my brothers and sisters. And Lord, you have presented a challenge to me. We need your help. We cannot live a life holy and pure without you. So, Father, right now, I, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for my own soul. 
that the truths that we know, that we would live them, and that which we do not know, that we will search it out, and that we will be honest with ourselves and honest with you as you reveal to us where we need to come up higher. Please, Lord. You see us for what we are. There's nothing hid from your eyes. This computer hides the reality of what we are from each other. We can't see what we really are. Even from ourselves, Lord, we can't see it. But I'm encouraged. In one way only can a true knowledge of self be obtained. We must behold Christ. Father, teach us how to behold our lovely Savior. Teach us, Lord, how to love him and to treasure him as he should be treasured. And Father, as we learn to love him, I know that you will place in our hearts a love for you and a love for truth and a love for righteousness. We pray these things in the name of Jesus and claim the merits of his blood. Amen. And my friends, thank you for joining me this evening. God bless you. I will see you guys tomorrow. We're dealing with Bible prophecy tomorrow. I think we're in Daniel 4 tomorrow. I think we're in Daniel 4. Um, so join me tomorrow, 630. Check out the podcast. We usually have uh, everything that we studied on the podcast. I mean, this is usually reviewed on the podcast. And so you know, check it out. Share it with friends. It's actually a great way to just share information with your friends. And if the lesson guides, I should have had it one sent out on Friday, but the lesson guides will probably be sent out tomorrow afternoon, if not tomorrow, Monday morning. So those of you who signed up in the webinar. So thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. And uh, just love you guys. Blessings. We'll talk again later. Bye. You are mine, I'm yours.